1980s TV show Scarecrow Mrs. King. I'm Jen Peterson, and I'm joined by friends Lexi Fema and Taya Johnston, and today we will talk about Saving for episode The Man Who Died Twice, which aired November 21st, 1986. This episode was directed by Sidney Hayers, and we have talked about him before, as he directed All the Worlds of Stage and The Boy Who Could Be King. He also goes on to direct upcoming episodes, Santa's Got a Brand New Bag, and Promises to Keep. This episode was written by Cynthia Benjamin, and this is the only SNK episode she was involved in. Cynthia's background is interesting because she is primarily known for writing soap operas, including 151 episodes of One Life to Live, two episodes of All My Children, and 34 episodes of As the World Turns. She was nominated for three daytime Emmys from 1980 to 1982, once for each of these soap operas, which is awesome. She also wrote for the 80s show Beauty and the Beast, which is a little bit closer to SNK. If you recall, at least maybe Taya remembers, it was about the adventures and romance of the Beast, a lion man, and an assistant district attorney in New York. I have to think if she continued on for SNK, we might have had some awesome romance written in. So I am bummed about that. Maybe they were trying to get her involved to kind of spark some of the interaction between me and Amanda. I don't know, but she definitely had a great background in soap operas and romance. So I have a few guest stars I'll talk about today. The first one is Kai, who's played by Lee Tuan. Lee had 20 acting credits, mostly in the 80s and 90s, including Matt Houston, China Beach, and L.A. Law. Kai's wife, Tron, is played by Irene Ya Ling Sun. She is primarily known for her roles on Hawaii Five-0 and The Rockford Files. She also worked on The Incredible Hulk, Magnum P.I., and Airwolf, uh, and MacGyver. And in 1997, she was in eight episodes of Sunset Beach. Her last acting credit was in 2004. Uh, one interesting fact about her is that she is also a black belt judo expert. So that's interesting. So the actor that played Ziem was Aki Elong, and Aki was born in 1934 in Trinidad, British West Indies, which is a cool background. He started on Broadway in the 1950s and has been acting in movies and television to this day. In fact, he has about eight current projects in pre-production, including one called My Grandpa the Assassin, which sounds awesome. I totally have to watch that. He typically plays villains in martial arts and action films, which fits with this SNK episode. However, his talents were varied. Um, he also played in many episodes of General Hospital as Mr. Wu and As the World Turns as Dr. Sam Yee. He also had a running part in the 1980s TV show V which, if you remember, that was that creepy alien TV series that scared the bejesus out of me back in the day. He also made the rounds on the typical 80s shows such as Airwolf, Kenny Lacey, uh, The 18, and Hunter. The last guest I'll talk about is Dr. Mitchell, who is played by Michelle Davison, who patched Leah up when he was injured. She is probably best known for her role as we fed Owens in 48 episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful, another simple for background. It was in the 1990s. She also played in the movie Babe with James Cromwell in 1995, The Last Seduction in 1994. Her last acting credit was in 2003, and unfortunately, she passed away in 2006 at the age of 67. I'll just note uh, the one filming location in addition to the guest stars. The Vietnamese mission in this episode was filmed at the Adele of Los Angeles, if I'm saying that correctly, just off Wilshire Boulevard, which is an educational and philanthropic organization with a mission of empowering women. They also host a lot of weddings and special events, and many movies and TV shows have been filmed here, including Forrest Gump, Ghost, 
Air Force One, and several other TV shows, such as 24, Alias, for Miranda. Uh, I know she loves that show. And it was also used in SNK episodes, um, Sour Grapes, and There Goes the Neighborhood. So it may have been mentioned during uh, the podcast for those episodes, but beautiful uh, building. And get to enjoy it again here for this episode. So uh, that's all I have for the guest stars. Nice. Very okay, nice. That one thing was a, um, you said she was a judo black belt. That's pretty cool. Like, that's not an easy thing to achieve. That's serious business, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, and not only that, she was an expert at it. Amazing. <laughs> So maybe she taught others. So yeah, maybe. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. So in this episode, a friend of Lee's fakes his death in order to get his son back after he's been kidnapped by the Vietnamese. Boring. It's what it is. I mean, boring. <laughs> boring. For This episode, we have the shooting final script dated September 24th, 1986. And we'll be talking about those differences like we always do as we get to them. So the episode opens uh, with a view of Washington, D.C., specifically on the White House. So uh, this one opens uh, somewhat rarely on the agency. You know, it doesn't always do that. But uh, Billy's uh, having a conference and he's talking uh, through with a map and everything. And Francine's diligently writing. Uh, She's paying attention, but Lee's not really. He's reading a newspaper, (laughs) specifically looking at houses, which is so. (laughs) Can you contrast back to a year one (laughs) as season one? Like what? (laughs) So domestic. Yeah, right. Uh, So. They are talking about the trade fair that's coming up uh, with the Vietnamese and Billy's telling them that, you know, there's six blocks of possibilities of things going wrong and that they need to really stay on it and make sure uh, that they are uh, well prepared for it. So they break and and um, and they leave. But then Lee's still there and uh, Billy's saying house hunting. (laughs) And he's like, oh, just studying architecture. Oh, okay. (laughs) And the best way to do that is to look at houses that are for sale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's like, pre-revolution, antebellum. They date everything around here from some war. He's like, go to the senior staff meeting. You'll know why. <laughs> so they're talking about the Vietnamese plot. So Lee's telling them it's real that uh, the Viets are going to hit the trade fair. He said, in the script, it says, sure as hell. <laughs> uh, and he said, Kai has the details. So Kai is... Uh, we learn quickly that he is a contact of Lee's who he knew in the war. Spoiler alert, not really, but um, he, of course, as everyone that Lee's ever worked with, saved Lee's life because, you know, everybody who's his friend has saved his life. <laughs> That's all he made you get to be his friend. You got to save his life. You got to save, save his life. life. That's why he married Amanda. <laughs> After after a certain amount of saving of his life, you yeah. you get a marriage proposal out of it. Apparently, for every ten life savings, you get a that's so a funny marriage. a marriage proposal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save his life. I'm just saying. <laughs> just kidding. I'm happily married. Okay, just studying architecture, please. Does he think he's a moron and doesn't know what he's up to? <laughs> I am curious about the script, though, in terms of was there more romance in there than actually came out? We have the soap opera writer here, so... There's... I wouldn't say there's romance, but there's definitely a little bit more loving... It's not 
Uh, well, I'll show you. I, I'll, 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 I'll tell you. Like, there's different, it's just different wording um, that's a little off for them. Slightly. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, just slightly. Not, it's not bad, it's, but uh, yeah, it's just different. And they went, definitely went a different route. Um, Lee shows him this paper and he, he points to a specific house and he's like, it's beautiful. And then <laughs> Billy says, uh, and Lee's all proud of it and everything. And he goes, did they put too many zeros in their price? And he's like, huh? And looks at it. And then he's like, oh, okay, wise guy. <laughs> I'd be curious to know how much that house was back then in the 80s, you know, because I'm sure it's like five times more. <laughs> Billy with that laugh and his gap in his teeth. He's just so <laughs> funny. Yeah, he's so genuine. <laughs> yeah, it is. So happy. <laughs> Lee and Amanda then are driving uh, to a meet. And Lee says Bethesda's just getting too congested. And, and you know, Annapolis is great for a weekend, but you can forget about that 301 coming in. I guess that's like a highway? Mm, it must be a major interstate, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably clogged and just really busy. He asked her, you'd like it up in Rockville, toward Rockville? And she goes, oh, yeah, I love it up there. And she's like, it's pretty expensive. He goes, well, we don't have to live in a palace, you know. The point is, I think it would be great for the boys. She goes, yeah, you know, we have an awful lot to think about before we start talking about mortgages. He goes, I know, I know. I'm just getting excited about the possibilities, which is so, like you said earlier, Jen, very domesticated, which is so not him. But he's really getting into it now. I'm sure they're playing it up. Home of the area to explore for him. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's all new to him, which, you know, Amanda's gone through this before, so it's a little less, not that she's not excited, I'm sure, but it's a little less. She knows what all, the bigger picture, and he's looking at just the vent of it, you know, and she knows. Yeah, she knows all that goes into it, and that's why. Mm -hmm. So it it makes it seem like he's, like, super excited, and she's just like a... Uh, spoil sport on it but it's not it's more that I think my person personal opinion that it's just she she's got to be the responsible one because she knows what all of that entails that's a good way to put it because even so when I was re-watching it I got I was like why is she being so hard practical like, she's being she's practical really pumping the brakes like for him for him to do such like a 180 and to be excited and for her to like totally downplay the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just wait. It, it's, it's, it's definitely different yeah. in the script, guys. Really? Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm yeah. Direction. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And, she's um, or, uh, no, she's even, it's, I'll, it's just a second. Just hang on. Okay. The drama, the soap opera drama. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> No, it's not that. It's just, it's, it's definitely different. So Lee says, you know, up in Rockville, we can keep horses. And she's like, horses? You have any idea how much it costs to keep horses? He goes, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. I had a little roan mare when I was 10 years old, when my uncle was stationed near Cher- Cherbourg. I sure love that horse. She taught me a lot about responsibilities. And he says, I think kids are natural and horses are natural. And he always planned when he settled down that his kids would have horses. And he's like, don't you like that idea? And she's like, oh, I like all your ideas, you know. So she's trying to, you know, but she's just, she's being practical. And she's just saying, you know, we have an awful lot to think about before we start getting into things like that. And then I love this. He goes, keep my feet on the ground. He goes, but for now, watch my rear, huh? And she's like, pleasure. <laughs> He's like, very funny. <laughs> so that actually was in the script uh, for that, that was. But in the script, so this little section here, this whole scene, he goes, we don't have to live in a palace. The point is, it'd be great for your boys. And she says, our boys. 
but we have a lot to decide before we talk about mortgages. We haven't even set a date. And he goes, I know, but I'm getting excited about the possibilities. In Rockville, we can keep horses. And she says, horses, your highness, a coach and six or just a string of polo ponies. Do you have, do you know what it costs to have horses? He goes, yes, as a matter of fact. And then he stops the car and brings it to the curb. Amanda turns in her seat, sets the camera on a tripod installed in the rear. She sights it. She says, perfect. We've got the whole building. I've set it for six frames a minute. Amanda triggers the camera and it fires a shot, winding a new frame automatically. Amanda removes her engagement ring and she and Lee get out of the car. Isn't that weird? I don't understand where the camera plays in. Right. Well, that's... It's very interesting. But why would she... Why would she have to... Why would she... One, why would she wear her ring from the office to this meet and then take it off. That just seems really weird because you forget it because you're just not thinking about it, you know? So I'm glad they took that out. It was kind of weird. Um, But the camera does play into this. It's, these are uh, some of the differences. So this whole thing is she's setting it up like it's a meet and she has the camera set up. They don't have that in the actual film version at all. And then but why would I don't understand? Maybe I'm just maybe I don't get it. I don't understand what the point of the camera is. That's what like, they were they were planning to do. Uh, take pictures of this meet when she's meeting oh. when they're meeting this person, and the the way that happens in the film version is not how it happens in the script. So, so it, it plays. They wanted to document it. Like the camera plays. Yeah, the camera plays into what how they wrote it first, but not how they filmed it. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's just weird. Yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, he explains, uh, it says, the Corvette is parked in the rear toward the framework of a new building under construction. No workmen are present. Lee and Amanda start toward the building. With Lee and Amanda, Lee says, I had a great roan mare when I was 10, and we were stationed near Cherbourg. Uh, terrific for discipline. Horses and boys are natural. I've always planned when I settled down, my boys would have horses you don't like the idea and she stops and hesitates she goes i love all your ideas and dreams but we're not millionaires and the boys are in a good school now i already said it we've got a lot to decide he says okay keep my feet on the ground and right now watch my rear and she says a pleasure and he says very funny so it kind of goes from there but when they meet in the script since we're talking about it now i'll just keep going in the script when they meet kai is up on these way up high he's like 80 feet off the ground and lee says what are you up what are you doing up there and kai walks onto one of the high steel beams he goes i wanted to see you alone and looking up he's uh lee says amanda king's been my backup before what's the problem and kai says uh kai is walking along the girder until he's almost directly above lee's head he's on the edge of the beam and kai drawing his gun says mr dm he goes dm where and he goes are you and then he calls back to Amanda, are we secure, Amanda? And Amanda says, all secure. And then Lee says to Kai, what the hell is going on? Put the gun away and come down. Kai says, DM has instructed me to call the question. And then up angle, pass Lee to Kai. Kai's words galvanize Lee into motion. In an instant, Kai raises his gun and fires at Lee. Lee dives to the side. Kai's bullet rips a plank where Lee was standing. And then Lee shouts to Amanda, take cover, Amanda. And then the camera's on Amanda. She's already moving for cover, gun drawn. Lee is dodging through the open, Kai's bullets hitting all around him. 
Then Lee stumbles on construction materials and they, Lee's point of view up at Kai drawing a steady bead on Lee, a perfect target. Kai says, I'm calling the question, Lee. And then in Vietnamese, he says, goodbye for this life. And then Lee empties his clip of bullets and Kai fall, falls backward off the edge of the high beam. Kai's fall takes him out of sight. There's a sickening scream, then silence off Lee's anguished look. And then we cut to the rest. So he doesn't go around the corner with the car and, you know, blow up hitting that gas truck. He takes a, a dive 80 feet up um, off the air, up in the air. And, and Mr. Mr. ZM was there too? No, he wasn't. He, oh. he was just saying, ZM told oh. me to call, call the question. Yeah, Got so it. pretty much the same, same verbiage. It's just, it's completely different. Instead of being up on a high rise, they're, you know, obviously... Um, he's just driving and then it all happens that way. I think the driving makes more of an impact, like the explosion. They love to blow things up. I feel like they do. Like, they do. Like an interesting thing to film, like throwing a dummy off a building or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Cool yeah. They probably would have had the dummy blown up too. Well, and then later in the script, it's kind of gross. Later in the script, they talk about how there was no face because the, the person that fell hit the pavement and everything. Yeah, it's like, ew, yeah. that's so gross. <laughs> well, I had to share them. If I read it, you had to hear it. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. So that's how that one, that's how all that happened. It was a lot different. And I, I like how they did it better. Like you, how they did it, actually, the film <laughs> version versus this. Yeah. They do use some interesting terminology. Uh, I haven't typically heard people say "call the question." Yeah, me either. I've never I heard mean, that. Like that's just. Uh, there's a couple of other things in here that are like that. Like um, could have said it a different way. I'm yep. Much, you know, simpler way. It it could be that. Question. It could be that that's uh, the way they talk in you know Spyland. Who knows? You know, I'm sure they had some type of um, expert. Well, that is one thing that made it. From the script into the episode, because yeah. I did notice it when I watched the episode, but it's just kind of mm-hmm. an odd way to say, to uh, kind of close the debate, whatever that was, to call the question. Yeah. I'm going to start using that myself and me confuse people. <laughs> I'm calling the question. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's somebody who was like in Vietnam and they like dive under the table. You're going to feel really bad. <laughs> well, no, it shouldn't have any violent uh, connotations associated with it. It should just be, okay, we're going to close the seem to get Lee's uh, hackles up. <laughs> Unless it was some sort of code. That's what I mean. Like if it was something back in Vietnam, you know? Okay. So the film version is that uh, Lee and Amanda get out of the vehicle and Kai is there and he's like, why aren't you alone? He goes, Amanda King's my partner. What's the problem? And he said, Mr. DZM. And he's like, DZM, where? And he looks around and he's like, come on, what's going on? He goes, put the gun away. And he goes, Mr. Zim wants to call the question. And then he knows immediately. And, he, and he, he's like, Amanda, get down. And then she dives right down. And then Lee starts shooting at the vehicle. And he, you can see it hits right through the, the back windshield. Like it would hit right there. And then, I mean, spoiler alert, but they're taking a big risk. You know, because he could be, could Lee, Lee's a good shot. He's going to probably not miss. So he took a big chance. Yeah, I don't think he had to shoot at him like that, to be honest. But yeah. It, they do bring that up. Yeah. Like, answered, like, 
because Lee did kind of, kind of get aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smith says it. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. you didn't have to make it so irrevocable. Yeah, but Lee like kind of defends it like it was a good shoot. Or yeah, and and, and they the review board does clear him like within fifteen seconds they said or something like that. So yeah, it does, but still, yeah, it's just it's a big risk for Kai. Knowing Lee, he's going to know that if I shoot at him, he's going to shoot back at me, and he's a good shot. And so, I don't know. It's just, it's he's a big really risk. He's putting a lot of trust yeah. uh, in Lee. Yeah. Or maybe he knows <laughs> Lee's a bad shot. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, not maybe. Happen. Who knows? That's true. We haven't seen him, like, shot be super successful. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't been so. super successful. <laughs> we never see blood anywhere, right? So maybe he's not so good. <laughs> That's why he punches people all the time. <laughs> Yeah. Just let him go. And then what would have happened? And this whole thing falls apart because then there's not the explosion. That's true. Good thing they scripted it, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Lee could have just said, okay, I'm just going to let him go. Yeah. No, that's true. Well, so what ends up happening is he rounds the corner. And as soon as he does, there's an explosion. And uh, Lee and Amanda go running over to see and there's smoke and fire in the cars. You know, so what we're led to believe is that Lee shot him. And that he spun around like that and then hit that truck, which I assume was flammable material in the truck, and it blew up. And so they they come running, and, and it's it's too late. You know, obviously, it's on fire, and they just kind of... She kind of looks away. Crispy critter. Oh, Jen. No, here's a bummer. I hate fires, especially any, anytime someone's trapped in... Yes. Oh, my God, the trapping part. Just, ugh. Well, so now we're at the agency and okay, first off, we have to talk about things here, the important things. So Francine in yellow looks, looks great. great. Yeah. Looks yeah. great. I like the black. It's kind of bumblebee bumblebee-ish, but it looks really cool. What about her hair? It's very flat. Amazing. Like very um you know, it's yeah. not flat, but you know what I mean? Like very straight and uh mm-hmm. yeah. We're emerging out of the crazy hair. Of yes. The 80s, and 80s, Agreed. Uh, I think I think she looks really good though. Yeah, yeah. Sophisticated is a good a good uh, word for it. Yeah, I think so. But it's interesting. So she's in, she's in Billy's office. I do like her with the bangs, with the mm-hmm. the what what do you call those? Is they're it? not really blunt bangs, I guess. I don't yeah. know what they're called. They're, it looks really good though. They look really full too. You know, they're not just like yeah. wispy. That looks good. I like it because it kind of accentuates her face more. I thought like, so too. Instead of the hair kind of taking away from the rest of right. Her. Agreed. Yeah. No, she looks good. Uh, but Dr. Smith comes in. I'm sure you must be able to smell him like five five miles away with that cigarette all the time, you know? Be like, oh, yeah. guess who's coming? <laughs> but he kind of seems sneaky. Like the oh, he's so, now. yeah. Oof. So he comes in and, and she's like kind of like leaning over so he can't see the uh, the computer screen. And he's like, apparently you don't want me to see that. She goes, oh, this, sir? He goes, I haven't got time for Maypole dance this morning. Dig a me, dig a me. <laughs> she goes, it's just Scarecrow's preliminary report. And I was just checking for possible peripherals. Smith says, you you people down here sound like robots. <laughs> peripherals kind of implies, though, that it's not important. It's like on the periphery. So right. It's kind of weird. Like, what are they? Anybody know? Mm-mm. Who looked it up? Come on. I mean, it makes sense because she says she's cross-indexing possible peripherals. So seeing like what... Yeah, if there's any outlying things out there, that makes sense. So Smith says, I know we don't play patty cakes around here. 
it's always little rhyming things. He goes, but this man, Tron, Tri Van Kai, I'm surprised Scarecrow made it so irrevocable. She, she goes, he was being shot at, sir. He goes, he was being shot at. Come closer. I'd be like, no, thank you. You can tell she doesn't want to. I know. She's thinking, oh, is anybody going to find me in here? <laughs> when he kills me? <laughs> He's like so... Ring, ring, ring. I know. The way he talks. Yeah. Oh, it's all sing-songy, you know? Yep. What does digamy digamy mean? Digamy digamy means tell me, tell me. Oh, what in what? Spanish. Oh, digamy digamy. I've never heard of that. Digame. Digame. Yeah, yeah. Digame? Digame? You know how great I am at pronouncing... It's like uh, a command. It's okay. A, in a command, it changes tenses. So, digame. Like, arriba, arriba, andale, andale. Like that? More like andale, andale, yes. Okay. <laughs> hey, I watched like cartoons that. when I was a kid, okay? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> the little... What's his name, the little mouse? Not Tom and Jerry. Not that mouse? No. Um, no, the little one, um, the Spanish one. I can't remember his name. Anyways, yeah, that one. Speedy Gonzalez. Thank you. Uh, yes. That was a Google, by the way, for our listeners. That in. She says, he was being shot at. He goes, he was being shot at? Come closer. <laughs> She's like, uh, per, per, proverbial life and death situation? She's like, yes, sir, I believe it was. Lee Stetson is very cool under fire, and he is the first one to avoid shooting someone, <laughs> especially a friend. This is really tearing him apart. He goes, I think you're being sincere. She goes, yes, sir. And he goes, it doesn't suit you. <laughs> Back to your peripherals, Desmond. <laughs> wow, she actually tries to be nice. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, it doesn't suit you. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, he's a character, all right. Yeah. And then before he leaves, he goes, I think he asked you not to let me see that, didn't he? And she's like, yes, but I don't think there was anything devious about it. He goes, why not? I like that in a man. <laughs> He's so had shoulder pl- pads in those in that suit <laughs> that he was wearing. He's still the like, pretty smoky man from X-Files. That's oh, like, totally. He, he so funny how they totally is. snatched that right up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if that was an inspiration. Oh, yeah. yeah, I wonder if it was an inspiration for that. So in the script, there's the scene um, that that is right after this in the film version with Billy and, and Lee coming in from outside um, in the Georgetown entry. And uh, they're talking about what happened and that the review board cleared Lee of any wrongdoing on it and that sort of thing. That in the script, that scene actually happened uh, before the Francine Dr. Smith one. In fact, I, they don't even have that one. They don't have that that scene in the script. Between Francine and Dr. Smith. Francine and Dr. Smith. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's actually, they kind of, in the script, it was kind of condensed where Dr. Smith and Lee talk about it all together right in there. And he's like, it's in my report kind of thing. So Lee's trying to convince Billy that Kai was, you know, not acting, you know, on his own behalf. He would never do that. He wouldn't betray his friendship and all that. As he comes in and then uh, Mrs. Marston says, Dr. Smith's in the building low to medium boil <laughs> that's always fun when you know your boss is like the tyrants on their way and they're you're just like oh they're creeping around here somewhere <laughs> yeah they're heading up now to the q bureau and billy says kai's dead you probably won't be able to uh do anything now and he goes take the standard two weeks he's like no i can't let this lie and he's like well, what are you gonna do he's like he was a friend of mine and you know it 
don't give me don't give me this hard nosed stuff. He left a widow and two kids. Now I do want to point out he says two kids. He's a friend of his, right? So you would know how many friends. Lexi, do you know how many kids I have? I've got two. Jen, I know you have children. you have three. Oh, she knows. Three. Yeah. And two fur children, right? A dog and a cat? Uh, close. A dog and two cats? Two cats. Yeah, two cats and one dog. Uh, yeah. Like us. We, it's the same. We have a dog and two cats. Yeah, so you would think he would know that he has three kids, not two kids. <laughs> and it's not like he has a baby, right? Like, oh, I didn't know you had a baby. The kid's like seven years old. Must not be that great of a friend is all my, my point is. He's not a family guy yet. He's trying. Yeah, he's, he's trying. trying. <laughs> he's probably not used to keeping track of kids. Yeah. <laughs> probably not. Lee's worried about his, his widow, right? He's worried about the, uh, the widow and the, the two kids. Three. Um, and, and, you know, because they're probably on dependent visas and things like that. So it's nice. He's thinking of others. It's not just Kai's gone. That's all I have to worry about kind of thing. So he's heading into the, the queue right, right then. And as he's going in, they're going in, Mr. Smoking Man is coming out of the restroom. <laughs> and he's got a cigarette. So like as soon as he got a, done going to the bathroom, he's got to take out a cigarette again. Like, dude, it's crazy. I guess you're assuming it's a fresh one. I, I can see him. Ew, <laughs> ew. <laughs> ew, it looks, it looks like a full cigarette, though. That's gross, though. Thank you for that image. <laughs> My brain, Miss Fema. <laughs> they leave the door open, of course, and Dr. Smith comes in and, and hears Lee saying if Kai wanted him dead, if, if he really wanted to, Lee would be the one dead, not Kai. Meaning Kai's a much better shot than he is. I've never known him to be sloppy and I've known him for 15 years. Smith says, you don't appear particularly sanguine. He goes, reasons? And he goes, it's in my report. He goes, read it. Punched your man a ticket on the last train to Nirvana. He goes, we owe Kai a lot more than that. We owe him a full-scale crackdown on the Viets and a fast boot out of this country. He goes, no can do. Mr. Ziem is darling of the State Department and he quivers like a tuning fork at the mere suggestion we don't love and cherish his delegation. We're trying to bury the hatchet with these, those people. Capiche? Those people? Those people? What? I could have used a little bit of, uh, yeah, diversity. Diversity training back yeah. in the 80s? Oh, to, to say the least, they needed that. And he's like, well, we don't have anything. He's like, he was going to confirm it. Zam is planning a major hit against the Chinese. 500 PRC nationals in town this week. People's Republic of China. Um, and then he says, we don't have enough to move on. Not now, not without a major flap. He goes, we have to, Billy. Kai's dead on account of it. I, it's really interesting. So so Smith is right there in the middle of them, off to the side. But it, this whole conversation from here on out is Billy and Lee just looking at each other, talking. They're not even talking at each other. They're talking to Smith, but they're looking only at each other. Like, they don't even want to look at Smith. It's it's really interesting the the, the yeah. interaction between the three of them. Like the body posture. And yeah, yeah. Hmm, who's directing this? I should know this. It was. <laughs> it's the same guy that did all the world's a stage. <laughs> it was um, Sydney Hayers. Yeah, that one, Sydney. That one. Good old yeah. Sydney. They're all the time. <laughs> 
Smith says, nothing the man told you is worth a fig anymore, meaning he's lost all his credibility. He was the best damn double agent we had in Nam during the war. He was an invaluable, he was invaluable to us until we bugged out. He's got a file four inches thick, full of gold stars. And he goes, was is the operative word. The man tried to make you a past participle, Scarecrow. You're mighty chummy with the Grim Reaper. <laughs> if you think that's business as usual, my intelligence is good. Every instinct I have tells me so. He goes, lemmings go on instinct, and I find their plight enviable in comparison to my own. Perhaps you'd like to take my place at the meeting of the National Security Council this afternoon and explain this snafu to the president. By all... <laughs> And they, they keep looking at each other, too. You're a lemming, you're a lemming, you're a lemming. So we'll figure out what that means now. <laughs> the S and K vocabulary words. Well, you know what lemmings are. I know, but it's oh. something you hear, like, yeah. uh, um, in everyday conversation. Yeah. Because I can say this to my kids, because it, it, it's like that kind of mass... You know, people yeah. Off and yep. Between, you're falling Your down. friends are doing you're it, so down. everybody's doing and it. Yeah. I'm gonna tell my son you're just a lemming. <laughs> so, so you said you're gonna call Jonah a lemming? Yeah, because he's always doing stuff like that. Because <laughs> just the other day he was like, okay, he comes home, he's got this big scratch on his arm, and I mean like a deep one, and we're like, what the heck happened? And he's like. I tripped on a rock. I'm like, no, no. You're like, sense, you're sensing bullshit. So we're like focusing it down. It turns out, and he has video of this, because that's the thing now, to get a TikTok video, right? He has video of himself leaping off of a railing at the school into a bush, which is like pretty high off the ground, right? And I'm like, okay, first of all, you're lucky you just got a bad scratch and your pants are ripped by leaving one around the hole in your pants all day, because... I mean, there could have been, like, a pipe in that bush. People grow bushes around things. Like, you could have stabbed out your eye because he literally dove into it. Like, kind of like, you know, a concert surfing thing. So we finally get it out of him, and I'm just like, what are you doing? I mean, who made you do this? I'm like, no, it was my idea. But I'm, I don't think so. I'm saying you're a lemming because you're just, like, doing everything else is doing. Like, let's make a TikTok video about jumping into a bush off the railing. I'm just <laughs> What are you doing? This is You're potentially thing. filming your death. Like, this is you, you ding-dong. glad. It's like the adolescent brain of a boy who does not think things through. They just decide we're just going to try it. And they don't think, hey, there could be something really dangerous about this. Uh, so, yeah. Everybody well, I'm glad he's not hurt. And he's got a huge cut <sighs> on his arm. That looks like and he walked around without it being, like, cleaned and stuff, I'm sure, all day. Oh, t- oh good no. point. Uh, he went to the office and got banned. Oh, he did. I don't oh, know what he did. told them. <laughs> yeah, I just jumped he up. He told fell. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure it was more like, I just <laughs> fell. I don't know what happened. See, <laughs> this bush jumped out and got me. <laughs> he has a scientist uh, for her mom. So he tells me the story, and I'm like, how would you get that scratch like that by falling, tripping on that rock and falling on the ground? That looks like someone took something metal. It's like a metal um, line on him. Oh, I'm like, nope, try again. Uh, <laughs> I slipped down a hill on a stick. Um, <laughs> nope, try again because your parents would be covered in mud and they're not. Try again. That's, like, that's awesome. I'm glad you're not my mom. I would have gotten like, so much trouble okay. for things. And then he shows me the video and I'm like, yeah, that explains it. It's because you came in on a branch at like 50 miles an hour. Scrape the heck out of your back, and now just hold your pants. By the way, you're walking around with a hole in your pants all day. So, congratulations. <laughs>
Wow. I know. It's so funny. I can always tell when my kids are lying to me. I'm like, yeah, you want to try that one again? Like, no, I'm not buying that one. This freshman year, like, he just started high school, and so I think it's like finding himself. He's not totally necessarily like this, but the TikTok era, you know, kids kids at the high school are like um, stupid things out of the bathrooms, you know, that whole stealing stuff thing where you try to steal stuff. Um, there was something where they were slapping teachers and stuff. I was like, what the fuck is this wrong with these people? It's like, it's like a dare thing. And then, and then get this, some couple went into a bathroom, God knows why. And, uh, Oh, I think we know. Yeah. Take themselves having some fun in there. And then someone posted it on TikTok. Oh, I bet you they got in trouble so bad. Did the law come after them? Yeah, because that could be, um, that's child pornography if if, uh, they're underage. So basically, my job for the next, like, six months is to keep them alive. uh, Wait, only for the next six months? Because I'm hoping after that, it will, like, the the frontal lobe and stuff might start kicking in a little more. But right now, he's diving into bushes from, like, 10, 15 feet off the ground. I mean, he got, he got, he got to seriously hurt himself. Oh, Jesus. He's, uh, I think he's a living. <laughs> got to follow the trend. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Anytime you want to adopt a 14-year-old. Boy, oh, she's already I'm done, really gone through that. With my brothers. Yeah, I'm really glad they just, they just, by a couple of years, missed the, the TikTok adolescent. Now they're, they're on it, right? But they're not doing, like, those silly school school year trends so i just i just missed it but i'm dealing with other issues with them right now so we're we're plugging uh, through <laughs> the world of social media i mean my first daughter yeah. i raised her she's like a senior in college now and i need to deal with this to this extent mm-hmm. the social media and all that pressure and yeah yeah it's, and it's rough. boys too like they're it's i feel boys. like they're just so much more susceptible to just doing things for fun and like they'll try anything once not all boys right but yeah it sounds like jonah might be that way my my littlest brother is exactly that way and he's the youngest too he's just he's a yes man he'll try anything once (laughs) well this is what i've observed is like girls you say okay maybe let's leap off of this hill onto whatever let's do this we're gonna try to leap onto a refrigerator or whatever and the girl will be like well let's see what could happen i could get hurt i could fall Mm -hmm. on a crack I could, you know, they kind of like think it through and they're yep. probably like, no. Boys don't even go into that process. They just say, I'm just going to try and see what happens. Yes. And that's yeah. how I will know what happens when you leap onto something. I'm just going to try it. And it, it's like, uh-uh, let's think this through a little bit. I mean, <laughs> so many bad things can happen. But did you guys see the look on Lee's face when he looks at, after Smith leaves? He gives... Billy like this look like I'm gonna freaking kill that man <laughs> just walks to the door and then kicks it shut. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah. Although we make life kinda of interesting. He's kinda of funny to watch, but not when he's all over you. And then when he, he slams it shut and then he turns around and then just stares at the back of uh Billy like Mm-hmm. Do something this. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're at that school that you mentioned. Um, that they used here, and my old car is sitting out in the park, uh, right out front again, a different I color. They use this scene. It seems like they use that car a lot. Or something. They do. It's always yeah. in there, and it's the same car. It's I the know. same car too. Maybe it's somebody on set, you know, maybe a director or something like that. Yeah, maybe Dennis Duckwell drove that car. <laughs> again, so, there's a different, definite reorder in the scenes within the script versus what was filmed. 
But um, this is the, I don't remember, what's that lady's name? The teacher lady. And is it DM or is it ZM? Because Amanda says ZM. I thought it was ZM. They say ZM, but all the subtitles say DM. So I was hoping that the script would show. The script script shows it's DM, D-I-E-M. But they they, they all say ZM, so I don't know if that's how you pronounce it or if it's yeah, just. I thought it was how you pronounce it, but I could be wrong. Okay, well, it's not. That's how they're all pronouncing it as ZM. Although I don't think everybody is pronouncing it that way. No, no, there's no consistency. Yeah. Because I was watching that carefully when I was watching the episode. I was like, okay, somebody should have sat some people down and said, let's all say it the same way. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So ZM and Lien are talking. See, I'm saying I knew Kai would run. I simply expected you to find him by now. And Lian says, he's gone deep, but every eye in Chinatown is watching. He goes, watching is passive. Stetson will be searching. He's smart enough to find Kai. And she's like, yes, Mr. Nizam. Lian, we must find Kai first. She goes, I think you've given Kai an irresistible reason to come to us on his own. And then he walks in to his meeting or walks in and sees uh, a young child there. So we learn later that this is Kim. Uh, This is Kai's youngest son. So he's kidnapped his son. That's sick, you know. At least he was nice enough to, like, uh, put him in school. I know. I know. They really value education because he's not, like, keeping him locked up. He's, like, making sure. And the the ridiculous part of that is that later in the script, he says he's, we don't want to kill this kid too soon. So he's planning to kill the kid, but God, you got (laughs) to... You gotta educate him up to that point just to make sure well, before he dies. It's so messed up. Cover and then the kid is compliant because he just thinks it's probably another like educational thing. So he's mm-hmm. not trying to run away or upset. That's or true. Anything, but, That's true. But yeah, it is kind of an interesting way to hide a kid. It's like you're not just gonna sit around kidnapped in this room. You're going to school, right? <laughs> <laughs> You'd probably rather just be sitting in a room or something. Like, yeah, instead of going okay. to school, right? If I'm gonna go, if I'm getting kidnapped, I should at least miss school. So now we're back at the Q Bureau and Amanda walks into the Q and she's like, what are you reading? And he's on the couch uh, and says, oh, I'm just looking at the architecture. And then he, he says, here, check this out. And she says, let's see. Colonial four bedroom Rockville area, acre and a half. She goes, I bet it's perfect for horses too. And he, he kind of raises his eyebrows. She goes, well, look, if you want to do this, if you're serious about this, we should take a few days off and, and go look. And he's like, uh, no, I can't. Not now. Not with Kai. He goes, did you read the Emmy report? And she said, yes. And he's like, cause of death. She goes, he was killed in a fire. He goes, did you read that I grazed his skull with one of my last shots that he lost consciousness while driving, uh, taking the turn? A lucky shot at a moving target, if you ask me. But he was driving then and he only fired twice. Kai was not trying to kill me. He even warned me before the shot. And she, she says, if he wasn't trying to kill you, what was what was he doing? And he goes, I don't know. I don't have the slightest idea. The only thing I do know is that if you are grazed in the skull by a 9 millimeter, you are going down. The Emmy can't make a positive ID, you notice? Kai's features were obliterated in the fire. Can't find his prints or dental charts or anything. All they have is this. Asian male, blood type O positive, 30 to 36 years old. He goes, Amanda, I don't believe that this is Kai, and I'm going to prove it. And she's like, all right, here we go. (laughs) So in the script, it's uh, slightly different. 
It's late afternoon. The low light coming through the blinds is dim. Lee is stretched out on the couch, his newspaper real estate stuffer lying forgotten across his chest. We hear the rattle of the keys outside and Amanda enters. She pauses, unprepared for the low light. And Lee says, it's okay, I'm awake. And she's, uh, Amanda clicks on her desk lamp as Lee sits up. He closes the real estate stuffer and drops it on the sofa beside him as Amanda sits, picks it up. Some of the corners are turned down. She says, what are you reading? He goes, looking, not reading, checking the architecture. And Amanda reading says, colonial four bedroom, Rockville area, acre and a half, smiles, perfect for horses, I'll bet. Amanda settles him next to her, smoothing his cheek as he lays against her shoulder, which is kind of sweet. Uh, and she says, if you're really set on house hunting, why don't we take a few days um, of your leave? He goes, I can't now. Not with Kai. Did you read the Emmy's report? Cause of death. She said, yes, he was killed by the fall. But that's what we thought. We saw the body. He goes, did you read that I grazed Kai's shoulder, knocking him off? A lucky shot from a colt at 80 feet. Lee fishes a folder off his desk, takes out a photo and a report, brings it to sit next to Amanda. During this, Amanda says, lucky, I suppose if you consider the alternative. Lee says, Kai wasn't trying to kill me. He warned me before he shot. She goes, what was he doing then? He goes, I don't have the slightest idea. Our 35 got a good shot of him falling off. I think he means the camera. Yeah. He goes, nice form. And then it says, insert the photo very wide. We see Kai arched out in a driver's move going into a, tr- a tuck. Lee and Amanda are in the foreground. And then Amanda says, you mean he looks under control like a diver? He goes, yeah. If you get nipped on the shoulder by a 45 slug or even in the sh- fingertip, it spins you like a top. His arms would be out fighting for balance. And Amanda says, keep going. He says, the Emmy can't make a positive ID, you notice? Kai's face was destroyed when he fell into the, into the crane. We don't have his prints or dental charts. Asian male, type O positive, blood, 30 to 36 years old, period. And Amanda says, when I was eight, I lost my grandpa West. I made up stories for days. He goes, meaning I'm groping at straws rather than face the fact I've killed my friend. And Amanda says, it's normal to deny something so terrible, but we both saw him fall. What's the alternative? He goes, the alternative is a miracle. Want to help me look for one? And then we cut to the next scene. See, I think that's what peripherals are. I think they're pictures and other monitoring. I mean, that's what I know them as in reports. And they keep talking about pictures like, hey, look at the, you know, what happened here. And But then that doesn't make sense. Because she was looking at a green screen, Francine was, when she was looking at the peripherals. Well, and there's know. no pictures That's on there. I've seen, I've seen peripherals always described as like equipment monitoring or some sort of monitoring. Like the extras. I, I think it's like extras, you know? Yeah. Like the extra um, little like nuances. Of in, the, in the script about like photos and stuff they were taking. Like Amanda was set up. To yeah, just those photos. And then and they mentioned that one. Yeah. But I did like the the setting of the scene in that one where he's just laying on the couch. It's like dim. He's got his paper. Amanda just cropped up there. Got little loveys, you know. Perfect soap opera script. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. So in the getting back to the film version, now Lee and Amanda are, on, are at the scene of the accident and they're doing measurements to see how his vehicle could have come around that corner and hit the other, that tanker truck. He's like, now it's 24 feet from the last skid mark where he made the turn. 
She goes, can you tell how fast he was going? He goes, not fast enough to break loose the back end. I can make the turn faster in the bet. And he, and he says, you watch this. And then he pulls it up. Now, do you guys notice she's not wearing her heart necklace? She has a cross on. But later on, she'll have the heart one on again. I did notice that. Yeah. I didn't know, maybe Taya, you know about this, but was it during this time, was she signaling like her kind of battle she was having with her health scare at that time? With that? Could or be. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if it came up. I don't think it happened this early. I think it did. You do? It was whenever, it was whenever Bruce got sick, Bruce had the flu and they canceled uh, filming. So she got to sleep in. Yeah. Just, I mean, and I don't know the details on this, but this house was described to me from my, uh, my source, which you know who that is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was uh, early, late in season three, early season four. So when was this film? Like, this uh, was probably in, in, in November. So uh, it was, well. Anyway, I just think it's September, like this time frame. September, October time frame. Probably she's trying to figure out what to do here before she started stuff. I don't know. I'm just Could be. I have no idea. Could be. Yeah, it's possible. It just seems like she used stuff like that to make a point beyond the show. I don't know. Maybe. You know, it was funny. I was when I was doing the screen caps for Stemwinder, I forgot to mention that, uh, it, Sam was, you know, Sam walks in and, and gets reintroduced to Billy. He's wearing a wedding ring. <laughs> Sam is at the time. It's like, um, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> You're not married. Supposed to be married there, Sam. We only pick this stuff up with the carefully fine-tuned eye that you have to after watching me so many times. <laughs> well, I have to screen capture everything, you know, and I've done the video, you know, making videos, you watch the same clip like 10 times to get it clipped exactly the way you want it and things like that. No, I know. So getting back to this, Lee does it in the vet and he's got a, a supercharged vehicle, right? A sports car. And he can't even make that turn. So obviously that, that was staged. So they obviously had that other car there and had it blow up right on cue. And then Kai must have taken the other car and driven off. Right? Is that what you guys figure as well? Yeah. On there, yeah. Yeah. So he does it and comes out. She goes, missed it by a couple yards. He goes, that's what the sports suspension. There's no way he could have made that turn. And hit that truck there. And he's, she's like, why did he fake it? He goes, well, I don't know. Let's look at it. Kai calls the question. The classic way a double agent lets you know he's one of theirs. He tries to kill me. Kills his own credibility at the same time. Dr. Smith gets cold feet. He's afraid to insult GM. So he lets the Chinese general waltz right into GM's. We move on to the next scene where it's Lien uh, coming in and GM uh, talking with this these other uh members of their staff and uh he he pulls out this this um map and he's got it marked and he says uh dangle the bait gently we want kai on the hook if we kill his son too soon he'll want to take revenge on us we must not let kai get in the way and then they're all like yeah now i intend to take all the revenge that this city can bear and he he points at six different things he says we have six bombs on the parade route the Chinese rejected us the day they chose television and blue jeans above Maoism. They simper for affection and they have the audacity to call us Vietnamese reactionary dogs. But wait, wait until the blood flows in the streets tomorrow and the bamboo curtain will drop for another 30 years. Ooh, he is definitely uh, vengeful. I yeah, I haven't heard that. Uh, 
heard that term before, the bamboo curtain. I haven't either. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like you have the like, iron curtain, so it makes sense that it would be bamboo, right? Yeah. I've just never heard it either. similar to the Cold War and the communism, but it's just the bamboo version of it. But I just never, you know. Yeah, I've never heard it. It makes sense, though. World. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're in Chinatown. We've never been to Chinatown here on the show. So that was kind of cool. And um, in the script, it's different. They don't actually meet uh, TP. Um, so they, in the film version, we actually get to see uh, TP. I like that they brought him in. I'm surprised they didn't have him in the script, but. Yeah. They did. I like the returning characters. We mm-hmm. heard. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. He's been in quite a few of them. And we get to see Miss Marston, too, in this one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we're in Chinatown, and Lee's saying, TP said he'd be waiting with some information about Kai. And he goes, when I was with G2 in Vietnam, Kai talked uh, the Kung out of putting a bullet in his head. Uh, and it's an, it's an insane system that kills a man like Kai. She goes, we know the risk, so does he. Still, we never give up. He goes, oh, and who told you that? She goes, you did. He goes, yeah. Okay, if we're going to take all the risks... We should get everything life has to offer in return, right? She goes, right? He goes, so what are we waiting for? When this thing is over, I'm going to hawk everything I own for that Rockville house. What do you think about another big wedding? I never had one. She goes, wait a minute. He goes, no, yeah, you're right. Ceremony isn't important. We'll have a backyard ceremony for family and friends. Your kids can be the ushers. She goes, hold on a second. You've got us all moved in with two cats and a front porch swing. He goes, yeah, absolutely. We'll play softball in the backyard on the weekends. She goes, now, wait a minute. Don't you think we ought to talk to the boys about this first? He goes, yeah. She goes, yeah. And you know what? Family life and the agency don't seem to go together all that well either. Okay, so it's this is where I said it gets a little different where she's got a different spin on things a little bit. So in the script that's talk, that you're talking about, he says, you don't mind another big wedding, do you? I never had one. She goes, no, not exactly. Not unless it's too big. And then... Lee says, you're right. The ceremony is not important. Forget the hot and the cold hors d'oeuvres. We'll have a backyard ceremony just for friends and family with your kids as ushers. Off her hesitation, he goes, what's wrong? She goes, loving you never scared me, but being married does a little. You've already got us all moved in with two cats and a porch swing. He goes, absolutely. And on the weekends, we'll play softball in the backyard and weed the garden. And Amanda says, we've got to think a little, though. How my family, he goes, our family. She goes, all right, we've got to think how our family is going to fit together with the agency. And he says, our work with the agency won't have anything to do with your mother and the boys. And then we go, we go into TP a little bit later. And she actually, when he offers her, uh, tells her to try the Kung Pao, she says in the script, I'm not hungry. Thank you, Mr. Aquinas. But in the film version, she actually does eat it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. A little bit more happening on that. Yeah. Surprises me a little bit just because she knows his life and what he's been through, and that this is all new and exciting mm-hmm. and hard for him at the same time because he has to trust, you know, not only her but now the family. And but she's I'm also a target. A little bit, a little bit more encouraging. Like, yeah, yeah. I was just saying, like, we can find a way to make this work. I want that stuff too, and let's talk. But we about have to it. think about it. Yeah, instead we have to be like, rational. Instead of like. Instead of like, hold on, you've got us all moved in. Like, you know, I don't know. It's a little degrading, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, She has zero encouragement for it. It's everything he's mentioned, she just like shuts it down. And I totally get the being cautious thing, Mm -hmm. but it's too much. Like, she's protesting quite quite a bit. And everything he mentions, she's not giving at all. (laughs) Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's, uh, she's 
poo-pooing it a little bit too much uh, instead of being like, I'm excited too, but we have to also think about the big picture, you know, which she's got to be there in the, in a marriage, you always have somebody who's like feet are off the ground. And then you have somebody else who's like, Hey, let's come back to earth. We have this, you know, but she's being a little bit too extreme on that, you know, and he's, and honestly for his character, he's being a little too pie in the sky too for him, for his normal, his normal demeanor. You know what I mean? So I think they're both on the extremes and it doesn't yeah. ring true. At least for not for me. I was wondering me. if maybe they were trying to make it so that she didn't seem like kind of that typical over eagle book. Yes, that like they're Mary. but they went too and far. Like too far, and now it's like I don't know. Any woman would be excited, I think, to be marrying Lee. So of course, you know, a little bit of that in there. And she's yeah. madly in love with them, so of course she's going to have that excitement too. You know, so I, I just, I think they both they took them both to the extremes, and it doesn't ring true. Yeah, so hers is just in a more negative way than his is more, oh, that's so sweet. Then, But it's also doesn't, it's not him really either. So it just doesn't right. make sense. Getting back to the film version, he says, hello, Mrs. King. She says, hello, TP. He goes, here, load up on the Kung Pao chicken. He goes, it'll make you see your ancestors. <laughs> She's like, thank you. <laughs> so he asked him what the word is. And he's like, uh, oh, this is Chinatown. You don't ever get the word. You get signs and portents. He goes, it's very Zimlai today, literally seeing inside the old Manchurian art of looking through your enemy. And she says, who's your enemy? He goes, oh, we are, of course. He goes, only because they're afraid of Mr. ZM and the uh, Viet delegation. He goes, the ghost of your, your friend Kai and had no friends. And he goes, well, a dead man can't have friends. He goes, they put a price on his head, though, of $10,000. And then he points over to this little storefront and says, signs and portents, like, go, go there. They might have some information for you. So Lee's talking about how Kai said goodbye for this life. He goes, it's a very Buddhist thing to say before you die or you kill. And so they go in there, and this guy's there, and uh, he says, uh, may I help you? He goes, yes, just some information, please. And he shows him a picture of Kai. He goes, do you know this man? And he says, I sell ginseng and sandalwood. He goes, perhaps this for the lovebird? No, no, thank you. No rhino horn today. Okay, so in the script, it's, it's he says, I sell ginseng and sandalwood. Perhaps this for the lovebed. The lovebed, okay? And Lee says, no rhinoc- rhinoceros horn today. Have you seen him? Trivan Kai. He's Vietnamese. <laughs> so I think the the rhino horn is supposed to uh, make you like virile and... You know, it's supposed to have magical properties. They don't have those magic. Yeah. It's like in a, the love like bed. A, a status symbol or like a healing thing. But and, and Amanda's just kind of looking at it. Amanda's probably like, Lee, let's not be too hasty. Maybe we should get some of this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I she it. And then she puts the lid back on tighter. And mm-hmm. so this guy writes out a little bit and shows he writes something out and Lee reads it. Yeah, it is. It's it's hexagram number twenty six. I Ching. The Chinese hexagrams. I guess there's a lot of them, but I I'm not familiar. Yeah, I'm not a familiar at all. He goes. The ritual has been performed, but the sacrifice has not been made yet. And they look at each other like, okay. So then they're walking through Chinatown, and then some guy comes up to them and calls out his name and tells them he dropped this and gives them a piece of paper. 
And they're like, okay. And she's like, is he a friend of yours? And he's like, no, but that you get used to that around here. People know all about you and you don't know anything about them kind of thing. Is the sacrifice supposed to be Kim? Yes, the, the, the son. It's the, grave, right? yes, it's the, it's the son. Yes. So the guy just lo- leaves and then they have this, this uh, paper. And then the guy kind of gives him like a, like an Amer- what he thinks Americans are like, hey, you know, kind of thing, you know? <laughs> I'm surprised he told them that much. Usually they're pretty guarded. Yeah. Like to me, especially like a Westerner coming into Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Maybe had a good feeling about them. So the rhino horn. They, <laughs> it's the rhino horn. So they, they're, they're going to this address and they think that Kai might be there. So he goes in. I wonder. So that guy clearly works for a ZM, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That guy in the yeah, tan yeah. suit. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. What, is he like an agent for him or what is his role? He's like kind of like a um, a middleman kind of doing his dirty work, right? But my question is, so he clearly works for him. So why did he give him Kai's location? Does he think that Lee's going to kill Kai and take him out for him? It's like he gives him the information to have him. I guess I thought he was, he was more loyal to Kai than to ZM. Like I thought... I thought he didn't no, because later he for says, now. for $10,000, I'll get you Kai, and for another ten, I'll get you Lee Stetson. Maybe maybe he thought Lee could weed him out and keep him alive so that he could get the, the like, bounties on him? I don't know. Yeah, it just, I, 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 I was confused. Well, because he, I thought maybe it was for Lee to find him, but he's giving the information about where he is because they had Yeah, gone. that's what I mean. Stuff. He's giving it to him, so. It, it didn't, like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knocks on the door and goes in and then he catches Kai and he chases after him and then he finally catches him right outside the building and throws him up against the the fence. And he's like, you know, what gives? Like, are you a traitor? Like, what? you know, I thought we were friends kind of thing. He goes, look, Kai, if I wasn't so damn glad to see you, I'd kill you myself. He goes, why'd you do it? For my family. Zam said he'll take them away from me. You know he'd do it. And then Lee's like, and pats him on the shoulder. He's like, come on. <laughs> so his he shows a picture of his wife and how many kids? Three. Three, Three kids, not two. <laughs> they should have put one in there. <laughs> Just to mess with us and be like, what the heck? <laughs> uh, he goes, uh, ZM could put them in a camp, slow death. He goes, so you, Lisa, so you faked your own death. He goes, Zim covered, discovered I was betrayed. I betrayed him. We needed to discredit what I told you. Uh, he had the body in the car like mine. I drove past and he blew it up. He wanted me to put on an act for you. He was going to extract everything I know about you and the agency. You could have, he goes, you could have come to me. He goes, there was no time. I couldn't even help my own family. One hour after he found out, he took my son, Kim, and forced me to go ahead. After I faked the crash, I escaped. Now he's keeping Kim alive as a lure for me. And then Amanda says, how old's your son? He says, seven. How can he possibly understand what happened? He goes, look, you did the right thing. Now, ZM probably won't hurt your son. For now, anyways. <laughs> Here's the only leverage he has. He goes, for now, anyway. And he, ZM probably won't need to bother the rest of your family, but they're going to put 24 hours surveillance on them anyways. He goes, how much does your wife know? He goes, nothing. I couldn't risk it. She goes, well, we'll tell her you're safe. He goes, no, no. Zian must think everybody's fooled. Even my wife must think I'm dead. And then Lee says, yeah, he's right. He goes, we can't bring you in because if Dr. Uh, Smith finds out, he'll... He goes, then I must go deep. There are places around here that I can hide. I'll be safe for now. 
She goes, if there's anything we can do for you, he goes, find my boy. You know this has to be hitting Amanda hard. She's already a sensitive soul anyways, but then she's got two, boy, two boys of her own. Somebody could do this to her, you know, so this is all sinking into her, you know. Okay. Now that guy who gave them that address are, are, is following them now. And now we're back at the agency. And Billy says, it proves that the Vietnamese are going to make a bloodbath out of the trade fair. He goes, that's the way ZM works. And he hates the current Chinese. He goes, recording disaster. He goes, come on, Billy. If you tell Dr. Smith he's going to move on ZM, and ZM will have nothing to lose. But Kai sure will, his boy. Now, again, Lee's thinking differently than he would have probably, you know, four years ago, right? He's thinking about the the collateral damage that'll happen, not just you know, the safety of the national secrets and things like that. He's actually thinking more about the people, um, which he wouldn't have probably naturally thought about until uh, he met Amanda and made the transformation, right? Mm -hmm. And then he says, now, come on, if I wanted Dr. Smith to know, I would have brought Kai back in. He goes, exactly how long do you expect me to hold Hold him? He goes, the opening ceremony starts in 18 hours. He goes, you're an Occidental in an Oriental community. It's not Oriental, it's Asian. <laughs> Lexi's already shaking her head as I'm saying it. It's true, though. People people keep, yeah. you know, it's the older generation. I hear people yeah. say it all the time, and I always they correct them. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. It's just what they know. They're educated that way or not educated, you know. But, but yeah. they, won't, they won't change it, even though you tell them a million yeah. times. Even though... So I like this. Lee says, since when is my job more important than the life of a seven-year-old boy, huh? That, again, he's definitely thinking differently than he used to, which is nice. It's it's a nice observation. He goes, all right, all right, 12 hours. 12 is all you get. And he chuckles and he's like, okay, (laughs) like you old son of a gun, and then takes off. And then Lee's saying, she's not going to see me. I know it. I met her once when Kai was hiding me out after an MIA hunt into Cambodia and then he knocks on the door and these two kids are there and then Lee speaks Vietnamese to them and then Amanda says is your mother home and they shake their head no and then you could tell they're lying and he goes he goes look we'd like to see her would you tell her that Lee Stetson is here and she comes around Sen comes around and she says I'm here why are you <laughs> she does not like him that after her one child is taken away, that she would let her other two children answer the door. Good point. That's crazy to me. That's that's a good yeah. point, actually. Because she's a black belt judo expert. But but Lexi, she does say that um, ZM told her that it was a visa issue. That's why they came and got him. But still, she, yeah. she, she yeah. also says, like, but I haven't heard anything since then. Yeah, or that's so, true. It's true. But what mother lets her little kid yeah. open the door, first yeah. of all. But also, her husband just died, and her other child is... Just been kidnapped, there. yeah. Like, she's hiding. Yeah. It's just odd. Do you think that she would want to be protecting her kids? Yeah. As opposed to make it look like she is. I, I mean, like, I could see her open... If she didn't speak English, she opens the door with her child so they can translate. That makes sense. But to have just both of them there, and she was just, like, hiding around the corner, that's weird. Yeah, that is weird. They probably just did it for, you know, reactionary yeah. reasons. Uh, she says, your police have already been here. She's she's definitely not happy to see Lee there, as well as the officials from my own government. They're watching. Our people want to help you, son. I've heard those very words in the past, 10,000 miles away. Ever since you recruited my husband, we have lived in fear. At least my children can live without danger. He goes, look, it wasn't my choice. I had to try and save myself. 
She goes, I suppose that's what the snake says once inside the gopher burrow. To save myself being bitten, I must bite instead. And then Amanda, Amanda kind of gets, I, I think Amanda doesn't like that she's attacking her fiance. And she's like, where's your other son? And she's like, <laughs> she's like, he goes, yeah, Kim, you're your youngest. He, she goes, Kim is with relatives. He's too young to understand. And, and Amanda says, we know that isn't true. Like she's calling her out. She goes, we know Kim's not with relatives. We know that ZM took him. She goes, yes, Mr. ZM took him away yesterday morning before Kai's meeting with you. He said it had something to do with our uh, dependent visa. I haven't seen my son since. She's got tears in her eyes too. He goes, look, son, uh, there's much, much more to this than you know, than you should know. We're not going to be able to tell you anything else. We'll have to ask you to trust us. Can, she goes, can you tell us if anything at, at all unusual happened yesterday morning when Mr. ZM came to t- and took Kim away? She says it was a normal morning. The boys were about to leave for mission school when ZM arrived, all smiles. So what, the girl doesn't go to mission school? I guess that. Hmm. Maybe she's too young or something. She looked older than yeah, she does look older. Kim. The, yeah. Kim, yeah. She said Kim's the youngest, so they must not teach the girls, you know, God forbid. They only teach them judo. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's the one who's the judo expert, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Right? She's the one? Okay. Badass, man. That's awesome. uh, So, Sun says, now Kai is dead. And Lee's like, oh, crap. (laughs) But he's really not. She just thinks he is. You can tell he's just, like, so... He just wants to be like, hey, he's alive. But he can, but he wants to. Like, he can just see it. Yeah. Struggle. Good acting. Mm Mm-hmm. Now they're they've left there and they're heading out and Amanda's quite quiet and she's kind of like just looking uh, out the window and and he's finally says something and he's like that could be you one day talking to strangers about your dead husband trying to unravel the truth about his death knowing you'll never find it not your typical two career family huh one of us might not come home for dinner, ever. They've got Kai's little boy, Amanda. That could be Philip or Jane. I know. So in the script, this is different. It's a little bit um, darker, I guess. I don't know. In the script, Amanda goes, is Kim your son or your daughter? <laughs> what? Yeah. No. And Kai... No. Oh, that's to Kai. She says it to Kai. And he says, Kim is my third child, my youngest boy. ZM has uh, has him prisoner somewhere in D.C. This is how the script plays out that last scene I was just mentioning. Uh, the Corvette passes with Lee and Amanda. Amanda, off camera, says, I'm pretty good listener, but a lousy mind reader. We, we just clocked six miles without a word. Lee says, that could be you one day, talking to strangers about your dead husband, trying to unravel the truth about his death, knowing you'll never find it. And Amanda says, it could be you too. And Lee says, just your typical two-career family. Only one of us might not be coming home for dinner, ever. And Amanda says, there's something I could never put into words before. Maybe because marrying you was always a fantasy, but it's a reality now. Facing him, she says, this is exactly what I've been afraid of. I'm all, I almost told you yesterday. Do you know what I mean? And Lee says, I know. I've always taken the risk for myself, but I can't risk your, our family. 
They've got Kai's boy. It could be Philip or Jamie. And Amanda says, if we get married and live together as a family in the open, it'll make targets out of my mother and the boys. And Lee says, does that mean we have to forget about marriage at all? She looks at him and says, it's something to think about. And Lee says, sure as hell is. And then they cut to another scene. So it's a little sadder, I think. It's a good conversation to have, though, because it brings in the specificity of the mom and the boys where... You know, they've already been through Nightcrawler mm-hmm. and a couple other episodes where there's been a serious kind of threat on one of their lives. So right. when they were involved, so you'd think that they'd already thought about this, but maybe not from... It kind of America, brings you know, it home for them, yeah. That for is... the boys and the mom. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it would have been nice for them to actually kind of say that, I guess, but you yeah. can infer it. From the film yeah, it's inferred, but yeah, it definitely is. It's just darker, you know, and it's it's sad that they have to, that's how they have to think about things. It, it drives it home for them, like uh, the reality is there for them, but it's just sad, like, you, you know, this should be a really happy time for them, and they can't even enjoy it because they have to worry about this. And I think, yeah. like Jen was saying, you know, they they knew this was a possibility, but all along they've been thinking, oh, we're at risk we're okay with that. You know, it's okay that it's me being at risk or you being at risk because we're adults and we can do that. But now they're realizing like, oh, this could affect the boys or it could affect, you know, her mother. And they didn't sign up for this. You know, Amanda knowingly did, but the boys and her mom didn't. Right. So I think it's kind of like sinking into them at this point. There was that threat on the boys before though. Which episode was that when the... They went to the school and we're going to take them. Oh, that's the wrong way way home. Yeah, Yeah, that was because of Joe's job, not theirs. Yeah. Yep. But still. But still. It was a bad situation. Yep, for sure. So Zam's there and he's with that guy that gave that note to to Lee and Amanda. And he said, my price is 10,000. He goes, it depends on what I'm paying for. He goes, 10,000 for Trivon Kai and 10,000 more for Stetson. This is that scene I mentioned earlier. He goes, I could get them together. And he goes, I did not wish Kai any harm. He was very valuable to me for many years, but Stetson swayed him away with money. But Kai did what I told him to do, and he repaired the damage. And then he writes something down. He goes, I want this to end. I will give Kai back his son, and I want them back together tomorrow night on our charter flight. He goes, all is forgiven. Deliver this message, and you will get your money. So they're going to set up Lee and Kai and get them both. And he goes, and then I can go to the concert tonight with a clear mind. It's my favorite program, Mozart's Requiem. So Amanda comes home, this the first time we're seeing this, and yellow mum's on the on the table there. And uh, she's like, hey, fellas, I'm home. And she goes, oh, my gosh, that looks delicious. So <laughs> Philip's uh, cooking. He's probably taking home ec in school at this point. And uh, poor Jamie's suffering <laughs> because of it. Because apparently Philip's not the best. Now, in the script, Dottie is there. and But in the film version, she's not there. It's just uh, the two of them. I'm not sure what he made. I don't think they actually say, but it, it looks like a casserole thing or something. Sure does. But it looks like he made a salad because uh, Amanda grabs a cucumber and starts eating it. <laughs> She's probably like, I'm not eating that crap he made. <laughs> just let me have a cucumber to eat. 
This is what I think they should put back in school. So, Taya, I don't know if your kids had homework, but no, it's like been eliminated out of yeah. school. Yep. I think that's a mistake. I mean, Jen, they don't teach them the mistake. stuff that they should teach them. How to yeah. do your taxes. How to balance yes. your checkbook. Right how to do, you know, they don't teach them these things anymore. Yeah, because it's so focused on like standardizing everything. Because yes. Like, college is the because that's the funding way. thing. Yep. That's how yeah. they get their funding. And it's like it, we don't even know life skills. And you're already making all these big decisions and whatnot. And you don't, you're like, if you don't have parents, if you don't have someone you can ask, how do you find out the information? How do people find out about it when the internet didn't exist? Like, thank God for the internet too. But yeah, they don't, they don't have it. They're teaching us. It's crazy. They don't even know how to read cursive. Jen, if we all, if if we wanted to do something and like mess with people, all we have to do is write things in code in cursive and no, none of the other generations would know what we're saying. Okay. So I'm not, I don't feel as strongly about that because I'm not a big purpose writer. uh, Oh, I'm a cursive writer. I, it's just kind of the scientific brain probably has always been a printer, even when I was forced to learn it. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, but I think it's good to teach it still. Yeah. You can have the choice, I, I, you know, but I do think personal finance, home economics, um, doing your taxes, like being able to do your taxes. Yeah. Just an option for kids to take. Yeah. It's not even there anymore. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Yep. They just agreed. The programs. Um, typing. Yeah. There's some typing, but just. Yeah. They still have stuff. typing for even for elementary school. They're teaching them that, but Yeah. It's crazy what they don't teach them anymore. Tyler was in class uh, and they're in school, like literally in class, right? And they have the analog clocks. This kid would always ask him what time it is. And Tyler would point to the clock and he's like, it's right there. And he's like, yeah, I don't know how to read that. Like, what? Are you kidding me? Kendra went to like a private high school, judgment high school in Portland. It's very expensive, very exclusive. Um, And there's a kid in class. And the teacher said, you can leave at some time with the clock. And the kid said, I don't know how to read that clock. <laughs> so on the next, the next test, he had, tell me the time. And he had different clocks. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Tyler was looking at the kid like, are you freaking kidding me, dude? You don't know how to read that clock? You know, like that's, that's like yes. preschool learning, you know? I think that's where the teacher went, um. There's a problem. Like, yeah. You gotta go all the way down. how to read like a standard clock and not a digital. Well, they're not even doing they're not even doing spelling tests anymore in fifth grade. We were like, what? Yeah, that's crazy. And it's like, well, they have spell check, and it's like, so they need to be able to know what the, how to get close to the word. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's just things things yeah, are so different. Like spelling tests aren't with spelling. You're also learning about words too. Yes, like and what they, they mean. Words, yes, like, exactly, yeah. Lex. Yeah. yeah. We were talking to his teacher. We were talking to Brady's teacher about that uh, a couple weeks ago for um, last week, actually, for um, parent teacher. And she's like, yeah, their spelling is horrible. (laughs) Like, they don't know how to spell anything. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to have to bring this back. You know, she goes, I think I'll start doing spelling tests to just go off the the grid, you know, on the that part of it. Because it's not like you said, it's not part of the fundamental stuff that they have to be you know, that they're, they're scored on and they get their funding based on and all that stuff, you know, but it's crazy. Mm. Anyways. So yeah, I went through that. I I went through home ec and learned how to make glass candy and all that stuff. It was fun. I did. I learned to sew and I learned, I hate sewing. (laughs) 
Thank you for bringing that up, Lexi FEMA. <laughs> Throwing shade at me. I'm just teasing. I hate sewing. I hate sewing. She is Brady's um, stuffy doctor. She, she, am, she yes. takes, she's taken like four or five of them, I think, and has brought them back to life the for time. it. Yeah. I so can't sew a nice button. Oh. And I'm like, give me that sweater right now. I'm gonna take it home and sew it for you, and I'll bring it back. And I she, she's <laughs> done it. She, she's hooked me up so many times at work and stuff. I'm like, hey, I have a hole right here. Can you sew? She'll just sew it right up while it's on me. Yep. yep. I I love to do it. It's very soothing. It's just like a a mindless activity that keeps my hands busy, and I could like you know be doing. You something you else. should really pick up like crocheting, Lex. I think you'd be really good at it. You know, I've, I've tried that. Um, Julia's really into embroidery. I've tried that. Something about it. So it's, I think it's at the end, like, there's a, a real purpose. Like, it's a sense of accomplishment. Like, it's done. Like, I check something off my to-do list. I think that's why I like sewing more than yeah. the crafty side. Yeah, than the crafty side. Lexi, you need kids. Uh, <laughs> She's like, nope, we're done. <laughs> I'll stick to sewing. Nest. Um, I will handle it for my niece and nephews. That's fine. Like if, if uh, oh, you'll be an awesome aunt. You'll be an awesome aunt. Oh yeah, for sure. Because I can just hand them back. Yes, the <laughs> that's what I did too. And then I got my own. <laughs> yeah, I do so much mending, but you're right. I do when I'm like watching TV or something. Like I have to have to be doing something. I have to be doing like something. I think we're all like that. I think we all have to be doing something. I have to yeah. be doing something. I feel guilty if I don't. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, important just to sit there and watch TV. Yes, I don't know. Right. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless I'm sick or really not feeling well. Then, mm-hmm. but yeah, I try yeah, and do as I, much I, as my I, podcasting homework, I call it. I'm like, okay, that homework's done. And Lane just looks yeah. at me and shakes his head. Uh-huh. <laughs> I try and get as much as I can done. So Amanda's like, who cooked? And he goes, I've got cooking in third period. And he goes, <laughs> I keep saying Greg. Uh, Jamie goes, he flunked. <laughs> he goes next time philip cooks can i eat over at mark's <laughs> she goes sweetheart do you just keep cleaning okay and then the phone rings and um uh, it's dotty and dotty looks so cute in her little beret <laughs> i know she's so in the script i said she's she's at the house and she's she's having this and uh in the film version she's at her soap opera class so that makes sense that the soap opera writer would say that she's in a soap opera class. Right. <laughs> it's kind of cute. But it's totally up Dottie's alley, too, that she would be in a soap yeah. opera class <laughs> with her book <laughs> novels that she reads. Yes. So she's saying that um, Amanda's telling her that she's got to get back to work, that she's got a deadline. And uh, she goes, oh, all right. Well, tell the boys I'll be right along, okay? And uh, my adult education class is just finishing. I told you about it. Soap opera and the American dream. She goes, yes, mother, you should do very well. She goes, I wish you were going to be there. I want to tell you about Captain Kurt's new love. She goes, you're kidding. Who is she? He goes, she goes, no, it's not a she. It's an it. It's a pit special. Fast as a bullet, all engine. It's for aerobatics. She goes, oh, Amanda just makes me so upset. And then we see late Lee pop through the back door and he calls, you know, gets her to come out back. And she goes, what do you do when your boyfriend wants to live dangerously? <laughs> and, and then she goes, just tell him to stop. And she goes, mother, I really need to go. Uh, I'm just going to grab a sandwich on the back on the way back to work. She goes, you don't eat well. That's all you do is run, 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 run. 
I don't get to spend five minutes with you. She goes, okay, don't worry about it. Tell the boys I'll be right along. She goes, anyways, I guess I don't have to see you to tell you that I love you. That's so sweet. She says she loves her too. And they say bye. So the boys are cleaning up and uh, she's like, okay, uh, your grandma will be home soon. Do your homework. And then she leaves. In the script, it's slightly different. Dottie's uh, again there. And she says uh, to Amanda, you look like you could use a little peace and quiet instead of all night, an all night session. What happens if you miss this deadline for once? And then Amanda says she roots around for a sandwich makings. I was going to say, people die? <laughs> yeah. She, she says, my business is boring. Let's talk about yours. And Amanda, uh, Donnie says, Amanda, that's called avoidance mechanism. I learned all about it in the adult education course I'm, I'm taking, Soap Opera and the American Dream. It's a survey course, very heavy on sociology. And Amanda says, if it's a home study course, you, you put in enough hours on the tube to get an A. And then she says, just kidding. And then Dottie says, it helps to be a regular viewer, dear. Of course, the plot does become a bit complicated. Have a seat. It's fascinating. And Amanda says, my ride is waiting in the car. She, and Dottie says, of course. When was the last time we had a good gab fest? If we did, I'd tell you about Captain Kurt's new love. You'd tell me about, and then has a question mark. And Amanda begins to hurriedly build a sandwich. <laughs> she wants to get out of there. And says, work, that's all I do anymore. What new love? Did Captain Kurt find somebody else? And Dottie says, something else, a pit special, it's all engine, fast as a bullet, it's for aerobatics. She gestures, Immelmans, I-M-M-E-L-M-A-N-S, Immelmans, barrel rolls, it worries me sick. What do you do when your man insists on living dangerously? Tell him to stop? Before Amanda can answer this sobering question, there's a knock at the back door. Leah's standing there in full view of Dottie. He smiles a little awkward. Amanda crosses and opens. And Amanda says, hello, uh, you know my mother, Lee. And she says, mother, this is Mr. Stetson. She goes, oh, yes, we met a few weeks ago. He says, hi, Mrs. West. Some hours we keep, huh? And Amanda says, I'm just coming with ham sandwiches. We can edit all night. And Lee says, we just got a call. We should move on it. Oh my goodness, you guys are thirsty. And Lee says, we just got a call. We should move on it. And Donnie says, a call? And Lee says, uh, on the car phone, company car phone. We have them for emergencies. And Donnie says, who'd ever guess film editing was such high pressure work? And Amanda, before this goes on, says, I'll be right out. And Lee says to Dottie, good night. Lee exits. She says, he's a nice looking man. I'll bet he doesn't put his life on the line doing barrel rolls. And Amanda, gra- <laughs> Amanda grabbing her purse says, no barrel rolls. And then Dottie says, what about your sandwiches? You can't work, you can't work, work, work and never eat. Of course, that's only my opinion. And I'm only your mother. And Amanda kisses her and says, I'm glad. And Amanda exits hurriedly after Lee. <laughs> Thought that was kind of mm-hmm. cute. Yeah. Then what happens is Lee and Amanda are heading to meet Kai and they're going to this warehouse type place. And uh, they're Kai's saying that he was told that he, his son was going to be there. He goes, look, Kai, this tip of yours better be worth you blowing your cover. He goes, I got a message. Kim will be here tonight. He says, why? He goes, maybe ZM canceled his move on the Chinese. I can't pass up this chance, which I get it. Somebody says your kid's going to be there. You're going to go there regardless if it's a trap or not. Right. Right. So he knocks on the door and he goes, if he brought Kim back here, I'd go in my loan. 
save my son. And then he presses the doorbell. And then just as that is happening, this box truck is pulling up, backing up. And uh, he's like, you know, hurry up. Let's get out of here. And Lee finally senses, like, his spidey senses come on. And he's like, okay, this is bad news. And he goes, he looks in the that that guy that we saw in Chinatown is there. And then we see the guy running the truck take off running. And he's, and then Lee finally is like, they got it boxed in and then it explodes. It's pretty explosive. You know, mm-hmm. you see this. It's totally suspicious, man. Oh, it totally was. Spies. He, he should have caught that on, caught on earlier for sure. Yeah, I would have been out of there and I'm not a spy. <laughs> a truck is backing up in the middle of the night. Yeah. And right at so you like that. The, exactly. In the exact bay that you're standing when there's others. Yeah, right. Big red flag. Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that guy was set up too, though. ZM caught, uh, set that guy up too. Cause he's the one who died. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe. And he wasn't expecting the truck to back up. Then I would have been out of there myself. Mm-hmm. He opened the door. Well, he didn't know what was happening. He didn't know that that box was that box car was yeah. gonna, box truck was going to be there. So in the film version, uh, we're at the agency, and Lee is got his eyes bandaged, and Amanda's there, so she's fine. But he is definitely um, not. He's a little worse for wear, and uh, he's been you know kind of unconscious for a little bit of time at least. And then uh, it's sad. She's got her hands, you know, his hand up to her face. It's it's kind of sweet. And then he's calling for her and she's like, it's all right. I'm right here. And then she goes and gets the nurse. And then he's got, he's asking like, what, what's on my eyes? You know, what's wrong with my eyes? So you're, you're in the agency hospital. And then the doctor says, you know, he's like, what the hell's in the stuff in my eyes? And she says, it's just saline just in case his eyes were damaged. He asked about uh, his friend Kai and he says, you were the only two survivors. So now he's like, great. So he got his friend back only to lose him again. And the doctor checks him out and says, he's fine. His shoulder is going to be sore, but then he should be fine. Now, in the script, it's slightly different, just a little bit. Um, I thought it was, I I kind of circled it. It was kind of sweet. So um, Amanda says, we're in the agency's emergency clinic in Alexandria. Uh, The nurse enters, crosses to Lee's bed. She takes his wrist for a pulse. And Lee says, Amanda, let me touch you. (laughs) Not now, honey. Goodness. (laughs) Lee shakes off the nurse and holds his arm out to Amanda. A doctor named Mitchell enters, motions the nurse aside. Lee says, what the hell is on my face? Mitchell begins unwinding the gauze. Just a sailing soak, a precaution in case your eyes were damaged. And then they go on from there. But it's just funny. He's like, he can't see her, but he wants to, he has to, he won't feel like he hears her, but he wants to touch her. Like he's got to sense it, sense her that way. Otherwise he just won't believe it. It's kind of, I thought it was kind of sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's saying you're going to have quite a headache and, uh, but everything else seems to be in order. And it says, sorry about your other man. So then they leave and then that leaves Lee and Amanda in there. And he says, damn it. And then explains as he's getting up very carefully. He goes, they call it a Saigon boxcar. Two bombs. We walked right into it. Okay. This is not in the script. This is really creepy. The Francine moment when she's talking to the guy at the morgue. That's so creepy. It sounds yeah. Jeff at the morgue. Yeah. <laughs> She's got that voice like, hi, Jeff. Mm-hmm. I just like dropped my perfume. I dropped my perfume bottle in my, oh, 
my lingerie drawer. And you're like, oh, okay, and that's disgusting. she's doing this in front of Billy, yes! too. That's the craziest thing. Like, can you even imagine? Oh, it's so awkward. Oh, my God. I'd be so embarrassed in front of my boss. <laughs> and then she goes, then I love how she says, fly. you use what you got. Right. <laughs> so what she's doing, essentially, is she's trying to uh, charm her way into having the ME, the medical examiner, uh, kind of hide the fact that it's a mix-up, that it's not Kai that's dead, but the informant uh, for ZM. Mm-hmm. And so just to bide them some more time, they want to gain like six uh, six more hours so they can get to the trade fair uh, and, and deal with that uh, then. So it kind of keeps that low key so they'll think he's dead and then we can kind of work it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask you, Jen, she's, he, he says Mor- morbidity and toxicology is my middle name. Do you say that? Do you, do you say the toxicology is your middle name? <laughs> Uh, my signature line on my email says environmental toxicologist. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not your middle name, right? It's not my middle name. Okay, it's, good. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's so funny. Morbidity. That's all Morbidity and that. toxicology is my middle name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she goes, same old Jeff. And she's like, oops, I was just putting perfume on my, well, I was putting perfume on. <laughs> And the stopper from the bottle fell into my lingerie drawer. Could you just hold on a minute? He goes, you bet. So obvious. If I was there with you, I'd find it for you. I'm like, ew. She goes, you use what you got. So she can get the guy at DC Morgue, uh, Metro Morgue, to um, shuffle the paperwork around for him. And uh, so they can not put the pieces together with Kai and the bomb. And then she goes, oh, sorry, bad choice of words. <laughs> bomb and pieces. Billy says, and keep it strictly personal. She goes, great. <laughs> he goes, it's not so much to ask, Francine. She goes, you never met Jeff. I love how she reaches out to this guy and she's like, we met at that party? <laughs> like, in 1982? <laughs> like, that was a while ago. How does she even remember him? I know. Yeah, she probably has her own black books. <laughs> and then she comes back on. She's like, hi, found it. <laughs> <laughs> I love how she goes, I'm all yours. And then Billy kind of gives like a shiver. Like, <laughs> that's funny. Lee is uh, a little hot to trot. Now he's a little pissed. <laughs> he comes in, he's mad. And he's like, Scarecrow, I was just calling, uh, coming my way down to see you. And he's like, uh, he goes, is that the name of the game? He goes, you get on the horn and t- talk to Smith. He wants to bust up the Vietnamese. Uh, and he goes, Come on, into my office. He goes, what's to discuss? He goes, in my office, now, Lee. <laughs> and he's like, what? And as soon as he comes in, obviously, out pops Kai. So now he's died twice. <laughs> he's like a cat. You know, he's got nine lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lee's extremely happy to see him. They hug. He goes, the doc bought, uh, said you bought it. He goes, not me, The contact, my contact. Your people switched our IDs. He goes, officially, Trivon Kai is dead. He goes, for how long? He goes, at least we bought another six hours before the police and the ME have to come clean about the mistake. They have to contact the families, uh, the contacts family and everything. And then he's like, sorry about that, Billy. He goes, where's Amanda? He goes, oh, she's in Chinatown uh, to look for Kim. So they only have six hours left before this, before the deadline. And then, which remember, there's six bombs along that trade, trade fair, along that parade line. Think about all the damage that happened in Boston. And that was only, you know, just a couple. And that was just in one little area there, you know. So Amanda goes back to that storefront and that guy's there. And and she's like, hey, sorry to bother you again. But 
have you seen this little boy? He's a seven-year-old little boy and he's probably a little scared and wants to go home. And he's like, all children should be at home. Be safe. Be happy. He goes, hexagram 13. Uh, Community in the open brings progress and then leaves. And uh, Francine's like, great. That in a roadmap, we can probably get lost. And Amanda's like, she's thinking outside the box. She's like, come on, Francine, let's go. And Francine's like, what the heck? What do we have to go on here? And Amanda's picked it up, you know, community open school, you know, they spell it out a little bit more in the script um, of how she comes to that. Is that really hexagram 13? Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. The other one was 26. I have no idea. Okay. I love this tag team that Amanda and Francine do. They're so funny. (laughs) They're just like, we're here. You need to do it. You have to deal with it. And (laughs) Sorry. And Francine's got her little gloves and she's taking them off. She goes, why is the Board of Education so concerned with us? We are a cultural mission. We have only a few children. I teach them. She said, the board is very strict about home instruction. And then Francine says, tutoring in an unapproved facility is a violation of regulation 4499 defined in statute 1076, a copy of which is available at your government printing office. No extra charge. (laughs) And Amanda's like, hey, maybe we could just interview the children. She's like, none of them speak English. She goes, well, maybe you could translate for us. And then Zam comes in and says, they are supposed to be in class. I do not wish to disturb them any further. And then he notices that the the cabinet's open where his map is and then shuts it. And he's very nervous about it. He's like, I would prefer any official discussion about this mission be conducted through your state department. And she says, yes, well, Mr. ZM, is it? it this, if this mission had diplomatic status, well, we wouldn't even be here. But it doesn't, and we are. <laughs> she goes, we can order the children to public schools. We can send in hordes of social workers day and night. Court orders, federal marshals. He goes, what do you want? She's like, well, let's just start with something very simple. How many students do you teach? And then he says something in uh, Vietnamese, and uh he comes back to them and says, I've asked the teacher to go bring the children. And he tells them that they have six students. Now, they say six, right? You clearly see he says six. But in a later scene, we're going to see seven kids. I don't think they know how to count on this show. Yeah. But they bring in the kids. And there are six um, six children. There's six boys. And then Amanda clearly spots Kim. Kim. Yeah. He's the little one. He's so cute. And she kind of looks over back at Francine like, well, holy shit, there he is. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now they're back at the agency with Amanda and Francine. Now, Lee is in the script. Lee's supposed to be in this scene with them, but he's not. So Amanda and Francine are explaining to him that they did see Kai's son there, that he's at the mission. He goes, all right, let's talk options. I think it's time for Dr. Smith to be in the picture. She goes, oh, no, you know what that means. A full-blown search and destroy mission with Dr. Smith himself on the bullhorn. And he goes, my favorite position. She gets caught with him every time. The last couple episodes, she's just been, yeah. she calls him an old man. And then he's on his way up, you know. And then she goes like, oh. Smith goes, Desmond. And she's like, oh, crap. He goes, oh, should I have knocked? Congratulations are in order. I understand Kai is alive and in our hands. Finally. He's with Scarecrow at a safe house. He goes, corpus delecti. Eh? I'm satisfied. Everything... He likes, he likes Latin, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Sure does. I love the thing they don't teach at school. No, they don't. That they should do more of. Corpus Delecti, eh? Well, I'm satisfied everything we gave us is good. So I'm shooting a green light to the posse, okay? She goes, what about Kai's son? 
He goes, it's an unfortunate situation. Look, I'm as fond of children as the next fellow at holiday dinners, of course, preferably at a separate table. I don't want this man Kai to lose his son for us. And Amanda just like rolls her eyes. He goes, what's all the hoopla? They're already lining the parade route. Billy says, I I think they'll save the action for the Chinese general secretary. He goes, oh, light of day. What a snag. Okay, then by the numbers. One, we move on the Viets at 11. Two, that's up to you fine people. We've got an hour. And then he, of course, has to say, I love a parade. Don't you? Ugh. And Amanda's just kind of like, what the heck? What is wrong with that man? (laughs) Did you see the little parade things? That was the best part of going to a parade is you got the little things that they sold. Like they had the little blow up things. They had little Smurfs there I saw. And they always had light up things that you could buy. I love that. Mm -hmm. Balloons and everything. Now, uh, Kai and Lee are going to the mission. Amanda and Francine are there as well. And they're working all the, f- the four of them are working together. So now Amanda and Francine are coming back. <laughs> I'm sure ZM's really happy to see them. <laughs> Lee and Kai are outside and they're watching the women go in. So they're going to infiltrate going inside normal, you know, with permission and everything. And see here at 3930-ish... They have the the kids right there, right? And they're all lined up. Oh, yeah, seven. There's seven kids. You're right. So what the heck? Now they have seven kids, so somebody just came in. Did they kidnap another child? A new enrollment. (laughs) It's like, what the heck? One, two, three, four, five, six. There's definitely seven. And they have rackets with a giant, like, soccer ball. It doesn't go together, but okay. Yeah, it doesn't go together at all. They had a birdie. A shuttlecock, that would go with it. But they're waiting outside. And um, when Amanda uh, and Francine get into the ZM's office, uh, Amanda has a button on her briefcase and she taps it a few times. Maybe pause, pause, tap, 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 pause, tap, maybe. I don't know. And um, they, uh, you guys know what that is, right? Tap, tap, pause, tap. I know. It's from an episode, right? Yes. We just did it. Stemwinder. Tap, tap, pause, tap. When he's in the, with, making out with, what's her name? That's his check-in. Oh my God, no wonder I blocked it out. Tana, come on. <laughs> that was so cool, huh? Um, so, that, that Amanda signals to them that they're in ZM's office. So then Kai uh, gets his lockpick out and then opens the door and he goes, and so are we. So they snuck in to the mission um, and got in there through other means. And now Amanda and Francine are, are, inundating this guy with paperwork and she's like recreation infirmary fire code it's all part of the 892 and he goes pardon me 892 (laughs) and she goes francine goes it's a statute limiting supervised educational services outside of a public structure it's all quite complete and he starts signing things just to get them out of there he is so not in for this it's one thing to be amanda rambled but to be amanda rambled and francine rambled that's just a little too much for one person to take yeah so they have this school, right? But they have a guard, an armed guard, walking around. That's kind of scary. Seems a little suspicious. Yeah. A cultural mission. Yeah, a cultural mission. So they find his son, uh, and he has a little clicker to get his son's attention. And his son looks up and sees him, and he's all excited. And he's like, Shh, you know, don't we don't want to give ourselves away. So he kind of goes back to listening to what he's supposed to be doing. And... Uh, he finds the fire alarm and then pulls it and then everybody has to leave the building. So then they uh, 
grab him at that point. So Zim's like, ladies, I have another meeting in 15 minutes. I'm tired of your bureaucratic. She goes, we are all, we all have very busy schedules and a lot more spare forms to sign. (laughs) So all chaos is happening. And so they're using that to their advantage. And uh, he's in the script. He says, we have an intruder in the, in the building. You're going to have to go with these armed guards, you know, but in here, they, they don't have that. Kai and Lee take Kim and rush him off and get, they're trying to get out of the building. So Amanda and Francine are being ushered out and, and they're like, okay. So they just follow them. And then, uh, the woman, the teacher, Leanne, she tells them like, she's probably figured out, oh, we're missing a student. <laughs> and so they are on to him. Now Lee taps the guy and then punches him and he goes flying over the railing. Amanda and Francine and the guards come around the corner and around they're coming down the st- and Lee and Kai are coming down the stairs and they stop the guards and put them in a closet and uh, Francine and Kai take off with Kim and get out of the building. So then Amanda tells Lee that uh, Zim had a uh, map in his in the armoire and he seemed very nervous about it. So they go, she shows them where the office is and they go off there. Now in the script, it, it says, Lee says, Amanda, Francine, Lee suckers, the two guards, Amanda and Francine rabbit punch them. What does rabbit punch them mean? Oh, maybe they- <laughs> yeah. So I was wondering. Yeah, that seem like it would be it. Kai puts Kim behind him and silences the guards with a display of his pistol. Lee takes their weapon their weapons and shoves them through a door, locking it. The guards begin to pound on the door and shouts for help in Vietnamese. Oh, a rabbit punch is a blow to the back of the head, the base of the skull. Huh. So a rabbit does that? Is that why that? I've never heard that before. A rabbit punch can detach the victim's brain from the brain stem, which can kill instantly. Jesus, I hope that... Wow, go Amanda and Francine. Damn. The punch's name is derived... From the use of the technique by hunters to kill rabbits with a quick... Oh, so the people... It's it's not an actual rabbit doing that. I was thinking a rabbit was doing that. I was like, damn, who knew rabbits were so evil? (laughs) Okay, that makes more sense. Gosh, that's awful. Could have gone without knowing that one. Sorry. No, no, no. It's just, you know, it's like, ugh. Wasn't what I was expecting. Okay, so Francine, I love that plum on her. That, That plum's really pretty, that purple. I like the sweater in general. Yeah, it's pretty. Amanda, I love this. Amanda comes in, backs into the office. She's like, I'm sorry to bother you. He goes, she goes, I know you're how busy you are. And he's, he grabs his gun and he's like, (laughs) he's like, Mrs. King. And she's like, oh my goodness. He goes, you have been an absolute. (laughs) 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 Like I have had it with you, woman. (laughs) She's like, oh my. And then it's, Clearly not Amanda coming. They have her stand-in coming in like sideways, and it's so not Amanda. Mm-hmm. I wonder why they had to do that there. I, I don't know. Like, it's so why? weird. I don't know. They probably figure, oh, it's faster. We can just get it done. I don't know. But Amanda goes back. Lee takes uh, ZM and and starts punching him around, and ZM's giving him a hard, uh, you know, a, a pretty big battle against him. Yeah. Yeah usually doesn't people don't last that long with him and uh amanda's looking at the the map and she can see you know how things are clearly marked on there and uh and then lee is getting his butt kicked and at least <laughs> lee's like about had it with him and then starts really getting going at him 
But the guy's using like, you know, he's doing like uh, jujitsu or something. I'm not sure which which version it is, but that rug's sliding all over the place. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was definitely not Bruce. Nor is it ZM. <laughs> there it is. It was, the guy was a lot shorter. <laughs> he finally knocks him out. Now she's got her cross necklace on again. She kept going back and forth. She, he's marked the parade route to the Chinese trade fair. He goes, all right, we'll check this off with Billy on, on the phone. And then that's, that's the end of the act. And so now we're at the, uh, the tag. And Phillips made dinner again. And uh, they call it, sweetheart, I think that was the best casserole surprise I've ever tasted. He goes, I think I left a few of the ingredients out. <laughs> and then Jamie's like, yeah, gastronomic experience. And then she asks, how did you like your brother's meal? He goes, it's a lot better. I'm not dizzy yet. <laughs> <laughs> and then the boys are arguing about who has to clean and, and all that. And then uh, Lee comes out, opens the back door and then kind of shakes his head. to It's cruel and unusual punishment. He goes, wait till until you have to scrape the food off the plate. <laughs> More yellow flowers by the back door, too. She's got this whole like backyard now with the gazebo and then the, all the, the trellis type uh, what do you lattice work and all that? Yeah, it's, a, it's like a trellis maze back there. Yeah, mm-hmm. she needs those privacy fences. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> jeez, it's a rendezvous spot. Yeah, build it and he will come. Yeah, oh, there you go. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so they sit down in the gazebo area, and uh, she asks, "Did you get Kai and his family on a plane?" And uh, he says, yep, off to California and a new life. And she says, will they be safe? And he says, no one's ever safe. You know that. That's what I want to talk to you about. Amanda, uh, the horses and the softball games in the backyard are going to have to wait. I know that. But I am going to marry you, Amanda King. Except it's going to have to be a mystery marriage. Because if it isn't, one day our family might get in trouble just like Kai's. We'll make the best of it. I've got you. And I got you. She's got her heart necklace on again at the end. I do like her plaid shirt there with the pink um, long sleeve underneath. That's really cute. Yeah. So, of course, the, the, the tag is different in the script. It's actually the opposite. So, Amanda, let's see. As Amanda surreptitiously dumps the contents of the dish into a trash can outside the back door, she notices Lee, who steps back into the shadows. Neither Dottie nor the boys see him. Amanda, calling inside, says, Mother, I think I left the headlights, my headlights on. I'm going to double check. Amanda leads Lee into the shadows behind the patio. Lee and Amanda embrace. She says, I saw the trade fair opening ceremonies on TV. Went off without a hitch. She goes, we followed ZM's map to six spots on the parade route pre-wired for explosives we saved a lot of lives today and then then amanda asked about getting kai off uh kai and his family off on the plane and he said yes and then he says that's what i want to talk to you about and amanda nods and says i thought you might did you ever hear the expression mystery meat and he says she says like in school in the cafeteria we used to call lunch mystery meat we didn't like it but it's the best we had lee says i'm getting the idea and Amanda says, I'm going to marry you, Lee Stetson, but it's going to be a mystery marriage. If not, one of us, one of these days, my family could be in trouble, just like Kai's. And Lee says, I know, horses and gardens and softball in the backyard will have to wait. And Amanda says, we can't live together. 
and we can't tell anyone about us, not even my mother or the boys. He goes, is that enough for you? Her arms around him, she says, I'm not saying I like it, but it's the best we can do for now. He goes, you deserve a lot more. Silencing him, she says, I've got you. And he says, and I've got you. And Amanda then says, and that makes us luckier than a lot of people. And Lee says, a whole lot luckier. And then they embrace and kiss, and then we freeze frame out. So it's a, this one's a lot more explicit than, it's a little more vague in what we get in the actual film version. Yeah. I think the whole mystery marriage position was dumb. It was stupid. They just wanted to keep it, you know, they wanted to keep this, you know, this, the mystery and the spark and all that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Um, Amanda's made plenty of enemies of her own. You know, she doesn't, yeah. it's not just Lee, like being yeah. attached to Lee is going to, no, everybody knows Mrs. King. And then if they know him, they know her, you know, and if they know her, they, they know him. Partners. Exactly. That's exactly. If they're already partners. Yes, like, exactly. Having each other's back all the time, like 24 seven. I don't know if that'd be healthy, but mm-hmm. you know, at least they have each other's back. Right. Right. So I don't know. It just seemed, it seemed weak and a cop out to me. I wish they yeah. wouldn't have done it. Which I'm sure I think a lot of people felt that way. Yeah. I don't know how they could have done it differently, but I just, I don't know. I just think it was a cheap way. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, anyone after them is going to find out if they really want to find out. Exactly. Amanda, They're always together. Yeah. Amanda's background and her kids and they have, obviously. I think yeah. I mean, her and, vehicle's and over at his place. As frequently as they do, a marriage is going to flag on it. Hello, it's a government document. Yep. Your taxes. You have to file your taxes or else you're, you know, being fraudulent. So dumb. It was short-lived, that's for sure. Well, you remember the plan, Kate's plan was to have a baby. And so obviously Amanda would have to have a baby. So that would make it, the mystery come out anyways. But then obviously that never happened. So, but that was her plan was to have, you know, Amanda have a baby. I didn't know that, so mm-hmm. damn it. Damn it. Yeah, yeah season four. <laughs> 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 yeah, that would have been a good way to write it in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, that never happened. Yeah, they'd have to tell, I don't know, I think they'd have to tell the boys and Dottie at some point if they were going to go forward with, you know, yeah. getting married. And I think that would have been a better way to go, just be upfront and honest about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, they do later, you know, now we're going to start seeing him, uh, seeing them, I think in two more episodes, we're going to see them, um, you know, getting introduced to the boys and, and that sort of thing. So we have that coming at least, but mm-hmm. you're already introducing them to the boys and the, they know that they're dating. So the, the agency doesn't know they're dating, but they know their partners their family, her family doesn't know their partners, but they know they're dating. So it's like everybody knows, but not all together. They don't know everything, you know. Right. It, it was a good one, not one of my favorites, but it's 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 got moments. I agree. Yeah, it's not a yeah. top thirty or anything for me or anything like that, but it was fine. <laughs> yeah. For season four, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, to- yeah, because we know what's coming. It's like we're we're like. The haircut. We know the haircut's coming in season two, so we're like, oh, her hair looks better here. (laughs) So you've kind of, it's all the perception of it now. And now it's like, well, out of four, all the crap that we know is coming, this one's not bad. Yeah, this one's in the top 10 for season four. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, maybe top 12. Uh, Yeah. It's time again for Dottie's Bookshelf. 
where Dottie provides us recommendations to fanfic that tie into the episode. Her first recommendation is Holding Hands, written by Rihanna D. in July of 2013, and has just under a thousand words. This story is set between Stemwinder and Nightcrawler, and the author explained that the story was inspired by The Man Who Died Twice. Sometimes life can change in the blink of an eye. The second recommendation is actually one of mine called Already Gone. This story is set immediately after this episode. It was written in January 2017 and has about 27,000 words. This story is AU, as most of mine are. Lee and Amanda deal with the aftermath of Burrell's kidnapping of Amanda in very different ways. As always, we'll provide links to these stories on our website at mkcpodcast.com in the show notes, but you can also find them on factandfiction.net. Ernie the Camera brings you videos from the vault for the episode The Man Who Died Twice. The first video is based on the song All My Life by Carla Bonoff, and the video is developed by Love S&K. This video is great because it highlights Lee's excitement about thinking about spending the rest of his life with Amanda and all the exciting possibilities. The song Keep Holding On by Avril Levine is the setting for the next video created by our very own Taya Johnston, R-T-J-S-N-K-L-E-R. This video starts with the explosion scene and focuses on all the other episode scenes where these two had to hold on just to make it through. These videos can be found on YouTube and we have provided links to the videos on our website at mkcpodcast.com. Thanks everyone for joining us as we talk through The Man Who Died Twice. Don't forget to join us for more fun on our Facebook group, uh, Mrs. King's Chronicles. I'm going to do a PSA to everyone who might be interested in joining the group for the first time. We're still having people who are requesting to join without answering the questions. Please answer the questions with uh, yes, ideally, or no. If you answer no, we will decline you. If you answer with anything other than yes, uh, such as your favorite episode title, your actor preference, that's fine. Also include yes. If you don't include yes to either of the questions, preferably both, we will not be able to accept you. And we'd love to have you in the group. The group's a really fun environment. We post um, questions. We post screen caps of the episodes. Taya captions them amazingly well. Um, you hear about things first. So we'd love to have you join. Just make sure you answer those questions, again, for our Facebook group. You can also find us on Twitter, and we have a general Facebook page, Mrs. King's Chronicles. And you can find us on our website as well, mkcpodcast.com. Join us next time as we talk about Need to Know. Thanks again. Bye. 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 Bye.